Good afternoon, Mark. This is Enpo2 calling on behalf of my financial coach. Hey, Enpo, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you very much. We're here to have a conversation about a topic that is near and dear to the hearts of my financial coach listeners. And I'd like to have you speak a little bit more on this topic. Absolutely. Just for the sake of our listeners, could you give a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. So um, my name is Mark Hebner. Our firm is Index Fund Advisors. We are a registered investment advisor that has been in the business for 21 years. We uh, currently are managing about $3.3 billion uh, for about 2,500 clients across the country. And we originally started off as uh, providing a web-based type of investment mm -hmm. advice, but we have multiple, a dozen investment advisors mm -hmm. in our firm that work directly with clients. Excellent. So when it comes to getting good financial advice, there are a lot of different industry standards, such as the fiduciary standard, best interest clause, and things of that nature. However, for someone who's not in the industry, it may be very confusing. So imagine that there is an individual who comes up to you and they're considering hiring a financial advisor and they say, hey, I worked very hard for my money and I know the value of a dollar. I started my company from just a clerk. I'm no stranger to paying someone to do the hard work for me. I just don't want someone who is slacking on the job or being overpaid and underworked. I want to feel that way about the guy managing my money as well. How do I find someone who won't rip me off? So what they're really asking is, how do I know my advisors are working for my retirement and not their retirement? Well, that's a great question. And I want to start off by answering you in the way that uh, is really helpful to uh, your readers or your listeners. And that is, you have to separate out a broker-dealer from a registered investment advisor. So uh, the first thing that all investors need to understand is there is a very distinctive difference between a broker-dealer, that's someone like a Merrill Lynch or J.P. Morgan, mm -hmm. and a registered investment advisor like index fund advisors. And the primary difference is the fact that a registered investment advisor has an obligation to act in the best interest of the client, even if it goes against their interest. They have what's, uh, what you stated up front. They have a fiduciary duty to the client. At a broker-dealer, they actually have an exclusion from being a fiduciary for their clients as a part of their agreement, and that's because they sell product instead of selling advice. As a registered investment advisor, they rarely make any money as the result of any products or activity that the investor engages in and instead are paid purely for their advice and usually as a percent of the assets under management that the registered investment advisor is responsible for. So that's the primary distinction between those two types of organizations. And if you want somebody who's acting in your best interest, you should be looking for the registered investment advisor known as an RIA. So I hope that helps. Absolutely. Now, Mark, there is a little bit of confusion when it comes to the different registrations that individual mm -hmm. financial advisors have. 
for example, there is this thing called the Series 66, which makes it so that an individual advisor can act as both a fiduciary and also in the broker-dealer capacity. Could you tell us perhaps some ways that an individual might do their due diligence and, and protect themselves a little bit from what might be perceived as a bait and switch where they're saying that they're a financial advisor, but they're acting as a broker-dealer? Yes. The the most important document is the what's called the ADV. It's a Securities and Exchange Required Disclosure Document that's provided to each client uh, when they become a client, or they could even ask for it as they're going through the process of trying to select an investment advisor. And in that ADV, it will disclose any of these types of conflicts and also disclose if the firm has had any regulatory issues in the past and, and a number of important uh, characteristics of that firm. And uh, it really would be a good idea for every uh, investor to carefully read through that document. But the other thing you can do is just flat out ask the advisor, how do you get paid? Are you paid from any products or any investments that you recommend? Or are you limited to a payment just from your client? And just asking that question puts that advisor in a position where they must disclose uh, exactly how they're enumerated or how they're paid. And that's an important aspect for all clients because it could bias uh, the advice you're getting if they're paid by, uh, let's say, um, 12B1 fees or loads, or which is a, basically a commission for them to sell you a particular mutual fund. And so uh, there's a number of ways that uh, broker-dealers are paid, but investment advisors, there are very limited ways that they're paid. Okay. So beyond just the payments and diving a little deeper into how financial advisors work, how do you feel about those individuals who are currently getting what you may consider uh, advice that is conflicted, or there may be additional things that, that are going into the calculation when the advisor says, well, I'm still able to get the same result, even though I'm getting paid either differently or more for giving advice. Is there any answer to that? Well, I guess I would challenge whether they're getting the same results or not. They might think they're getting the same result, but um, the methodology in which a advisor is compensated can significantly affect or bias the decisions and the investments that they recommend for you. And understanding what returns are and what comparative returns are available is not a simple process. And it's, uh, it's all about uh, benchmarking uh, your returns properly and understanding all your costs that uh, go into the investments. So I would just caution investors when they think they're getting the same results to maybe get a second opinion. That's another mm -hmm. way uh, to take a look at that or um, to do some research on the proper comparisons. The Internet is full of tools that would help them sort this out. All right. Well, that is excellent news. I'm glad to hear that you were able to give us a general idea 
of how best to to look out for these things. And I guess, do you happen to have any closing thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I just think that it's important that you also shop around and get a reasonable fee for the services being provided. It's not good to find the absolute lowest fee, and it's certainly not good to pay the highest fee. I would say you want to uh, try to determine what would be a fair fee for the advice uh, that's being offered and, um, and make sure that you do your own research around the fees ideas so you're paying what I'd call reasonable and fair fees. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your wisdom with us. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to MFC Live. For more information, please visit our website at www.myfinancialcoach.com. Keep an ear out. More episodes are on the way soon.